Hey everyone, this is Matt Love. Welcome to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. All right, so today, I'm right off the bat, I'm just going to let you know that we are trying something new on the show, okay? So as you know, Pastor J.D. has been teaching God's Word for more than 20 years, most of it here at the Summit Church in Raleigh. And during that time, he has tackled lots of difficult questions from the pulpit that we then cover here on the show as well. So we thought, you know, maybe we try sharing some of the original teaching that he did for the church with you here on the podcast as a way to answer some of those difficult questions. So we're not going to do this every week, but we might sprinkle these in on the podcast as we as we feel like they're going to be helpful. So um, we're going to get right into it. The question that, that JD's going to address today is this. The Bible says we are to live in the world, but not be of the world, um, which is like a great line. But what does that really mean? What does that look like? And how do we do that practically? Um, maybe the other way he's going to phrase it is, is there a difference between living in the world and making your home there? And he's going to use an illustration of three circles of friendship as he answers this important question today. So here we go. We're going to join Pastor JD for his thoughts from God's Word about who you really want to be and where you really want to belong. There is a progression of sin in your life. Most Christians do not intend to become Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot certainly didn't. He never intended to make it his home, and he certainly did not intend to be included in its judgment. But many Christians, like Lot, are so attracted to the world that they make their home as close to it as possible. And if they're honest, they end up identifying as much with the world as they do with the people of God. So be honest. Whom do you think of most instinctively as my brothers? Who do you feel the closest kinship with? It's kind of an easy question to answer. Who do you hang out with most easily? Who do you spend most of your time with? The lesson from Lot's life is that you have to make up your mind from the beginning. Who do you really want to be? Where do you really want to belong? If it's with the world, go there 100%. If it's with God, go with him 100%. I've said this many times. The most miserable person in the world is the half-committed Christian who is just enough in the world to be miserable in God and just enough into God that they're miserable in the world. That's what you're seeing with Lot. Your heart is filled with salt, so to speak, and it's not in a good way. You feel dry and lifeless everywhere. Charles Spurgeon used to say, if you're going to be saved, be saved 100%. Because the worst thing to do is to try to, try to straddle two opinions. You can't keep trying to, to walk along with your feet in both worlds. It's kind of like when you're standing on a dock. You're standing on a dock with one foot in a boat, and, and the boat starts to drift away. You ever been in that moment? There's this like split-second decision where you got to make up your mind. Am I in the boat or am I on the dock? Because you're kind of standing there in both and you got to go one way or the other because if, if you try to stand there and straddle them both, you're going to end up tearing yourself apart or quote the old Chinese proverb, him who try to walk down both sides of road will split his pants. You've got to choose one or the other. First John 2.15 makes it clear, love not the world. Don't love the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any person loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. In other words, it's not just about your behavior, it's about your heart. Don't just evaluate your behavior, congratulating yourself that you're not doing all the bad things that other Sodom people do. The question is, what do you love? Where are you pitching your tents, metaphorically speaking? And what does that say about what your heart really desires? The worst place to be is to try to be in both. Are you trying to get as close to the world as you can without becoming it? Just like with Lot, there is a progression of sin in your life that starts with loving the world and ends up with total destruction. And you likely never see it coming. 
be honest with yourself. Has this happened to you? High school, middle school students. I know some of you were at camp, but let me just ask you again. At first, you, you were alarmed at the things that, that unsaved friends around you said, and it made you feel uncomfortable. Or it made you feel dirty when you saw sin depicted in movies or you heard it in music, but eventually you got okay with it. Then you started hanging out with people who were doing those things. Then you started to do those things. Or at first, you were more concerned, you were genuinely concerned with your friends who did not know Jesus. You prayed for them. You prayed for them, but eventually it just got weird trying to tell them that they needed to be saved. I mean, who says that when they're in high school? And so you just stop bringing it up. And now you don't even pray for them. Instead of being somebody who warns them about coming judgment on, on Sodom or the world and calls them to escape it, you've made your home there with them. And your life now is virtually indistinguishable from theirs. They never feel the slightest bit of discomfort around you because you never warn them about it. And one day you look up and you've never really told them about Jesus or explained to them in any meaningful way that they need to be saved. Years ago, I, I read the disturbing account of how they, they kill wolves out on the tundras of Siberia. Um, the people that live up there, if there's a wolf that is harassing the, their settlement or, or, um, or, 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 or killing a lot of the seals up there, that's one of the things that they, um, they raise and grow. Um, uh, it, it, they'll, they'll take a, um, a knife, a very, two -edged, uh, a very sharp two-edged knife, and they will dip it in seal's blood. And uh, because it's so cold, it just immediately freezes. And so they do it again and again until it's several layers thick. So it's become, just think of it like a, like a, a blood popsicle stick. And then they bury that knife um, so that it's just the handle that's under the ground and just the, the two-edged blade that's sticking up, but coated now with all this blood. And so the, the, the wolf comes along and he gets the scent of seal's blood. Well, he just loves that smell. And so he goes over to it and he begins to lick this blade of a knife. Of course, not realizing it's a blade of a knife, just thinking it's seal's blood. And as he begins to lick this blood off of this knife blade, it, it numbs his tongue. So that when the, he be, the blade begins to, 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 to be exposed, his tongue now, his tongue now numb from, from all that cold is just cutting itself into ribbons. And he doesn't realize that the blood now all over the ground is not the seal's blood, it's his blood. And so he lacerates his tongue to the point that, that he bleeds out to death and he goes away and he dies. That's how they kill a wolf there. There's a picture there of how Satan destroys us is he, he gives us just a little taste of it and, and you think this is not that bad and, and it gradually just numbs your soul. Gradually just numbs your soul until you get to a point where you cannot feel or sense it any longer. You can't feel it or sense it any longer. And so it's where you choose to make your home. It's where you choose to pitch your tents. Right? That is what you become like. Now you might ask, you say, well, pastor, are you saying we shouldn't have any non-Christian friends? I mean, we're saying we should separate ourselves from the world. I'm not even sure how that's possible in my job or how it's possible at my school. I mean, I'm surrounded by unbelievers. And didn't we just finish a series from the book of Daniel about thriving in Babylon? Isn't that the same thing as saying thriving in Sodom? Yes, that is a very astute question. God calls us to be in the world, but not to make our home there. There's a difference in living in the world and making your home there. You say, well, how can I be around Sodom but not commit the mistake of lie? It's got to do with whom you choose to make your close friends, whom you choose to make your community. The ones that you make your inner circle are where you pitch your tents. You see, Scripture says that whom you hang around with is who you become like. 
Proverbs 13, 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. A friend of mine says it this way, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Because if you hang out with wise people, you become wise, but if you're a companion of fools, then you become like them and you will be destroyed. He says, he says you will become the average of your five closest friends. Take your five closest friends right now, average them together, and that's what you will be in in the next few years. You show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. You say, but pastor, are you saying we shouldn't have any non-Christian friends? No, I'm not saying that. But there's a difference between core community and those that you're trying to reach. In fact, I've heard it explained like this. You think of your, your friendship in three circles. The first circle right around you is what we call your circle of intimacy. And that's going to be like people that speak into your life, people you're very close to, a uh, best friend. Um, if you're dating, it's the person you're dating. It's the person that you're um, married to, you're, you're going to marry. Um, that's that circle of intimacy. Then you've got a layer of friends around that, and we'll call that your circle of influence. Those are people that you're doing life with them. These would be people in your small group, people that you work with, people you hang out with. You're influencing them, and they're influencing you. And you've got a circle around that that we call the circle of concern. And those are people that you're trying to reach out to and you're trying to share the gospel with. The point of the circle of concern is to reach out to them and to warn them. You're actively, you're, you're, you're reaching out to them. Um, that inner circle, what it's saying, that inner circle, that's where your Jesus-loving friends are. In fact, they, 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 they make up all of the people in that middle, that, that central circle. And then the ones on the, the layer outside of those, the majority of those end up being believers because that's who you become like. That's who influences you. And the point of that outer circle is that you are, 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 are building bridges with them and sharing Christ with them. The point of that circle of concern, that's where those who are not believers, that's where you have them. You're trying to warn them. Um, you're trying to influence them. At the summit, we encourage you to have a one. We say, who's your one? One person outside the faith that you're building a relationship with and praying for. That's that's that circle. You got to decide. The point is you got to decide who you want to be. You got to decide where you want to go. And then you have to pitch your tents there. You have to surround yourself with that community. All right. Where do you want to belong? And is your choice of community going to lead you there? How long are you going to go back and forth between two worlds? I'll say it again. The most miserable person in the world is the half committed Christian. Just enough in the world that they're miserable in God and just enough into God that they're miserable in the world. Their soul is salty. Their soul is salty, dry, famished, miserable. You got to choose the side of the road. And Jesus, by the way, does not look very kindly um, on uh, favorably on the half committed either. He says in Revelation, I wish you were cold or hot. You're lukewarm, tepid, makes me want to spit you out of my mouth. Listen, he loves you, but he wants you to be one way or the other. A lot of our students think that they get their high school and college years just to play around with the world and put God off until later. That's not true. Where you pitch your tents in Sodom, when you do that, it gets harder and harder to leave. You got to choose who you want to belong to. You got to decide whether Jesus is worthy of the offering of your life or not, and then go one way or the other. And if you decide that he is worthy, then the most practical application of that will be who you choose to make your closest friends or who you choose to date because your home is going to be the most shaping influence on your kids and you. So if you're a Christian, make up your mind that you're only going to date committed Christians. 
There you have it, guys. Uh, a really helpful teaching on the question, how should we live in the world but not be of the world? As you already know, if you listen to this podcast, you can find more teaching from Pastor J.D. at his website, jdgreer.com. You can find lots of articles, audio broadcasts, video teaching, and of course, all of the Ask Me Anything podcasts. And the best news is it's all free, so you should totally check it out, especially if you've if enjoyed this, this podcast or anything from Pastor J.D. So thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything.